Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I'm your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about communication and connection, both of which are really important to our ability to effectively navigate our professional and personal lives, particularly since COVID. What are the possibilities for us with communication and connection, given everything that's happened over the past couple of years and how we've evolved both collectively as well as individually? And how can we do things differently and better? It is my pleasure to welcome Cass Thomas back to the show. Cass is a successful business entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and empowerment coach. The depth and range of her life and career experiences inspires people to explore more choices and find the changes that they are looking for. It is her mission in life to strengthen the unity of choice and change. She inspires clients to discover their unique brand of magic. A best-selling author, Cass has released her latest book, Dancing with Riches, as a self-empowerment manual to encourage readers to change tracks if the journey they are on is not working for them. Within the pages of this book, readers will find a guide to transform negative into positive and to come through a winner, even in limiting situations. Cass, welcome back to the show. What a delight to be here, Christina. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about our conversation, and I know that we're going to cover so much ground today, and I'd love to start our conversation by you sharing with listeners a little bit about you and your background and what sort of launched you on your current professional and personal path. Wow. (laughs) I know it's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my background, well, I was born and raised in the U.S., my university time was in the U.S. and I've been living in Rome for about uh, over 20 years in Rome, Italy. And I did live in Paris, France for a year. And yeah, I travel around the world a lot. And that's something that has always inspired me is the sort of global approach to life and living. And I love different languages. I love people from different cultures and, you know, the New York's a melting pot. Boston is too, but New York is a bigger one. And really this, what I always say is uh, this place we call home is the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we get out there even more? So I've been working in different fields, but in all the fields, whether it's hospitality, whether it's film, television and coaching and doing workshops and traveling around the world, my invitation is for people to see things from a wider approach and a more global approach so that they never feel out of place. Yeah. So you and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other a little bit and you have a fascinating life and it's um, you're living in one of my favorite places in the world in, in Rome. And we are going to get over the course of our conversation over the next hour or so, we're going to get a little bit more into what you've been up to, including writing books. You are an acclaimed business and life mentor and author. And 
What can you just share with our listeners, you know, any aha moments you had during your life, which really sort of pointed you um, in the direction that your life is on is following today? Wow. Okay. Well, you know, two of them popped up for me when you said that, because there's been so many. Right. (laughs) I think that that's what keeps me not just having a life, but actually living actively my life because every day is a new day. It's really, you know, and when I was six years old, can I just say that when I was six years old, we were moving from one house to another. My parents had finally got together. And I remember noticing at six years old that these guys on the street were drunk, but maybe they weren't drunk. Maybe they just had drank. But at six, you know, I said, hey, were you guys drunk? <laughs> and my mom was totally not violent. She smacked me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I was like so shocked and surprised. And she had, I never did ever again, hadn't. And I was like, wow, you can't really speak the truth. That's an and interesting now, lesson I, to take from that experience. Isn't it? Isn't it? it? I is. was like, was I wrong? Am I wrong? But so, you know, when we're talking about communication, and that's something that I talk about all the time, what are people willing to hear, you know, and just to be aware of that and to approach a conversation with people, not that you have to hide something, but in a way that is not offensive to them. So that's just uh, one thing. Another end of the scale, let's say, is when I, about a year or so before I moved to Rome to Italy, I had a six-month period that was so transformational for me. I was just turned 30, and I had been working in the hospitality uh, industry for uh, about 10 years, and I had amazing friends, and I had a, I was married at the time in a six-month period, changed careers, left the industry. One of my dear friends left the planet, died, and my marriage ended. And I was invited to stay in the marriage, invited to stay in the industry. And there was something, Christina, that was just so loud that that was not what was going to create the life that was waiting for me and that I desired. And I'm a happy person. I'm friendly. And so what is it that we choose to do that makes us less joyful, less friendly, less happy, you know? So that was an aha moment for me. I couldn't believe that I was not choosing to continue a very well-paid career and didn't have a plan B. But sometimes, you know, you don't have to fill up a void. You know, nature abhors a void. You've heard that before, right? That's actually one of my favorite sayings. It's Einstein, nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. I, um, there's a couple of them actually that have always pinged me. Time is not linear, you know, and Mm -hmm. even if I didn't even get what the heck that meant as a kid, (laughs) (laughs) it still resonated, even though you didn't know what it meant. (laughs) Absolutely. It kept pinging me and nature points of void. I was like, Hmm, (laughs) what does that mean exactly? But sometimes, you know, we fill something up, we get, we change jobs or we get another relationship or we just fill it up and we don't allow that time, that space, that repositioning in a way that's in line with who we are, you know? So that really created a big change for me. And I started traveling 
And I realized that that's actually something that's really more in line with who I am. I love this place we call home, the planet. And so I started traveling with uh, my sister-in-law at the time, and I found a whole new career in uh, television and cinema. I opened a production company. I moved to Rome and opened up a production company for six years. Wow. I was like, I've never produced it. It was an American guy. He was, he's like, yeah, but you've worked in management. You've worked in, you know, I can help you out. I just want to direct this film and I think you'd be great. And so I kept it for six years. I even did a, a commercial on for the UN and yeah, Kofi Annan had played it at the UN. So yeah, just what would our lives be like if we felt we had to always stay in the same place, in the same job, in the same career, in the same business, in the same, yeah, town? Wow, that's pretty amazing. Everything that you've done and and experienced and you bring a lot of that perspective and vision to what you're currently doing, which is you're a writer, you're obviously an author, you're a business and life mentor, you are part of the access consciousness paradigm. We have had a few guests on our show over the past couple of years who are part of access consciousness. And what's very interesting is that each of them have their own unique perspective and obviously think very highly of and draw deeply from access consciousness. I'd love to take a moment and just hear your perspective and if you could explain to listeners what access consciousness is and why you find its teachings are so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been about 15, 16 years. Well, first time I heard of it, almost 20 years. And the first thing I heard was access consciousness is not the answer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they said. That's what I was like. Okay. I like that. You, it acts as it will ask you questions that will activate your knowledge about what you know and what your answers are in your life. And I was like, wow. Okay. And so I had really been looking for something that would continually invite me to step out into the world in a different way, step into my life, be see the world from my perspective, step up and acknowledge some of my talents and abilities, and so that I could see other people's talents and abilities with ease, and then step out and share those with the world and see the world from a different perspective. That's something I've always done. And I love the main, what access consciousness is to me is questions that invite you to access your knowing. The subline of access consciousness is empowering people to know that they know, you know, and it's funny, sometimes people say to know what you know, but it's not exactly what you know, it's that you know, you know, and it's instinct, you know, and I'm very good at inviting people to connect with themselves and to activate their instinct, activate their sixth sense, activate their knowing, activate their intuition, so that they know what is actually working for them, what's not working for them, and what else they can choose that would make them enjoy being here in this life. Well, you know, it's, I love the way that you frame that, because it's really about our inner knowing. It isn't something 
that you get from the outside. It's something that you get from the inside that's facilitated or catalyzed by what the paradigm presents. And a little bit later in our conversation, I'm going to delve with you into this a little bit more about you know what COVID has done to the message and how do you really have conversations and, and present the paradigm to people who may be skeptical. But I'd first love to delve into a conversation about your book, Seven Steps to Flawless Communication. Among other things, you call yourself a communication and connection consultant. And that book seems to be very much about those two things. Can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to write Seven Steps and you know how you came to start that dialogue and commemorate it to paper, so to speak. And it's been, now it's in how many languages, 20 languages it's been translated into? 20 languages. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm in Rome. We've got a bed and breakfast down. It's a beautiful villa here from 1923. So next year it'll be in its hundredth year. And these guys from Slovakia just came to the bed and breakfast. And I was like, oh, I've got my book in Slovakian. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Isn't it funny? (laughs) It's actually not in Slovak. It's in Czech, but the Slovakians understand Czech. Uh, Czechs don't always understand Slovakian, but it's sort of like a, an alteration of it's like it's not exactly like British English in American English, but something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So what was your so the seven steps to flawless communication? You know, it's so funny. Of course, I, I my undergraduate degree was in uh, broadcast journalism and uh, mass communication. And, uh, you know, I had been working in uh, the the hospitality industry and which I love because there's people, you know, the, on Central Park South, the five-star hotels, there's people from around the world that are coming. So that was awesome for me. And the, you know, the thing that I wanted to do, actually Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, he was like, yes, you need to write a book about communication. And I was like, why? Well, there's some great books out there about communication. He was like, yeah, but nobody does it the way you do it. Your caring approach to communicating with people is very different, you know, inviting people to look at things from a different perspective. So you read to write a book and I was like, okay. And I was like, I got to study and I got to take, you know, do research and all these things. I was writing this huge book about it. And then one morning I woke up and I was like, hmm, what if there's seven really simple steps? that I can invite people to engage with that would make it easy for them to connect with themselves, stop disconnecting from who they are, trying to thinking they have to be someone else so that they can reconnect at any time with themselves. You know, sometimes you get, you know, your zone collapsed or, you know, your somebody takes away your charm or something like that, how quickly can I invite people to get back to themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So that they can actually have established true connection. And those are the four like phases. The book is so small, Christina. If I could tell you, you can read it in like 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want to read it slowly, you could read it in about 40 minutes. (laughs) But there is like every step has maybe one or two pages, you know? 
and uh, there's a little homework that you can play with and some milestones so you can acknowledge, you know, the changes that actually have occurred. So it's really quite easy. It's simple, but it's not stupid. A little bit like us, right? The kiss, you know, that keep it simple, sweetie, right? Mm -hmm. And so the phases are connecting with you because so many people ask me, Cass, you know, you connect with people and you communicate with people. You talk to everyone. Can I really would like to communicate with people and connect with people. And so many people asking that, I was aware that they were not connected with themselves. So when you weren't worried about how people are interacting with you, engaging with you, are they respecting you? Are they judging you? Are they treating you badly? Are they ignoring you? Are they excluding you? Is it you mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're doing that too? Or are you not even there? You know what I mean? Yeah. So the first phase of the seven steps, and it's a program, I've, I've got teaching it around the world too, is to connect with you, Right recognizing what's unique and different. In business, we say, what's your unique selling, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. in the book, I say, what's your unique brand of magic? Show me the magic, you know, step one. Step two, connecting with your intuition. It's called talk to your body, right? Your body gets, you know, clamped down. Probably something's happening, you know? Uh, Step three is about lowering your barriers. How much are we like really trying to exclude people? or lock the people out. But when you're locking people out, you're locking yourself in, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. step three, lower your barriers. And step four is uh, go beyond the veil. It was interesting. I was, I had written the book in, you know, it takes years sometimes to write a book. I wrote this book in like two weeks, except for that fourth step, go Mm -hmm. beyond the veil. And it wasn't until I was in China, it was in 2015 that I actually got why I called it that like how much people are putting on uh, not just the COVID mask or bay. Right, right. <laughs> but wearing a mask. Hi, my name is Cass. This is who I am. You know, how are you? You know, and inviting people, you know, to don't disconnect. Don't put up your walls of barriers. Don't put up, hide behind a veil. I do do training with this where you might use that if it's going to actually help you communicate better with people or connect with them initially and then slowly remove it and go beyond the veil. And step five is just, and that reconnecting phase is about engaging with people and seeing things from other people's perspectives. You know, I mean, so many people, and we say this in access too, are so busy judging themselves that they have no time to judge you. (laughs) You You know, so you know, reconnecting that step step five is engaging with the universe, I say. And it's about knowing you're not alone. You never have been, you never will be. And if you're willing to acknowledge that, then you can really have assistance and support from anyone and anything, even if it's your doggy or your kitty. (laughs) (laughs) And I use in the book, for that step five, I use a tool of access consciousness, which is called uh, creating energy flows, which is just amazing how mm-hmm. when someone's, you know, pushing, being pushy, or how when somebody's really feel, you know, needy and like exhausting you from just, you know, sucking you dry, not in a good way, you know, <laughs> that, that how can you change the flow, you know, so that in reconnecting, once you've connected with yourself, and, you know, recognized when you're disconnected, then reconnecting, finding that road back to you. 
is gets so much easier. And step six is about expanding your zone, uh, not just, you know, your calling zone, <laughs> but mm-hmm. also, you know, what you're willing to be aware of and what information you're willing to have access to that maybe you've forgotten people you've known in the past. And there's also, you know, it was this Tai Chi guy I met who I have two exercises in the step six and seven that he taught me once when he called me, he's an American guy, he was living here in Italy. And we met on our, on our way back to the States. And then he called me and I was here, I was working and he heard my voice and he was like, oh my God, where are you? <laughs> like, okay, I'm here with my wife and kids. Okay, I'm gonna run over to you because there's something wrong. And he ran over to my office and he gave me these two exercises for, and Christina, it was five minutes. And it, it was a way to expand when you feel collapsed and when you feel broken down, mm-hmm. a way to expand your zone so that it's a really easy, I've adapted it, but it's like a, you know, so that you don't feel collapsed. And then connecting, step seven is that establishing true connection and connecting with the earth. And so anyway, those are in the book. They're really easy and they're a lot of fun. And he said to me, and this is something I adored. And again, it was like over 20 years ago, he said, please do not let anyone ever, ever do this to you again. You're much too vital for this planet. And everyone is, each and every one of us is. So that's what I try to get people to do with, you know, with the business training. Don't let the business run you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let the business run you. You know what I'm saying? What is it that would make you enjoy it so much that it would be a contribution not only to you, but also to the world to have a business that is not just, you know, surviving, but thriving and contributing to the world. So anyway, those are the seven steps. And Yeah, we do, you know, not only book readings, but trainings for people who would like to use that in business training. So simple and yet so magical. I really appreciate your generosity in sharing these steps. And I'm sure we could spend days talking about them. And I can't wait to read your book. There are two things that really popped into my mind when you were speaking about the seven steps. And there are two concepts I would love to get your comments on. The first is vulnerability. I think vulnerability is something that a lot of people don't feel comfortable with, but I think it's one of those things where if you really want to be authentic, which is the second concept in your communication and in your inner knowing, you have to be willing to be vulnerable to yourself first and foremost, and then to be willing to share that vulnerability with others. I'd love to get your thoughts on both vulnerability as well as authenticity. Absolutely. Well, you know, authenticity, and it's funny because authenticity and genuine, right, are similar. And you who are a lawyer (laughs) know that it's like, you know, authenticity, sometimes in order to get something, you know, make sure something's authentic, you need to have it, you know, signed or something like that. But so I would really look at that genuine, being genuinely you. This is what the invitation of that first phase is of the seven steps, how you can recognize what's unique and different about you 
you know, these steps, first of all, at these first two steps, it's a tricky way. Don't tell anyone I said this. <laughs> it's a tricky way <laughs> to invite people to connect with themselves using some uh, tools that maybe they don't think it's all about them. A lot of times we think, Christina, that you know, oh, I can't, con- I don't want to concentrate on me. I'm, I've got to get the kids, I've got the, you know, the employees or bosses or animals and, you know, but if you are really willing to honor yourself, you know, and to take care of you, fill your cup up with water, let your cup of water overflow, then you will always have more to give to other people. And it's fresh water. You know, if you like get a half filled cup of water, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, you're like, oh, let me give some away. Well, it might be stale water, one. But two, if you are able to be a contribution to so many people and you are just nurturing one person with a half a cup of water, what have you not gifted to the rest of the world? Because you've run out of water, you know? So that genuine it's interesting as you talk about vulnerability too, how much do we have to lower our barriers and be vulnerable, not weak, right? But be vulnerable with ourselves and nurturing ourselves in a very genuine way. Maybe we've considered something a defect, you know? Mm-hmm. If we're willing to be that authentic self, that genuine self and vulnerable with ourselves, you know, what might surprise us is that what we've considered a defect is actually a virtue and something that is actually one of our unique brands of magic, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, something, just an example of that, sometimes people feel like they're really impatient. Have you ever met anyone that's impatient? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's not you, is it? (laughs) Oh, well, you know, I've been accused of being that too. I think we probably all have, but yes. Yeah. All right. So the show me the magic, the first step is like, if you're impatient, if you were willing to look at that from a different perspective, might you just see really quicker ways of doing things than others? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Might you actually already, you know, see the future, but already know what somebody's going to say, your intuition. You know what I mean? So that you're not impatient because you're annoying. It's actually a talent and an ability and a capacity, not a defect, you know, because you cannot get you wrong. Sorry, you are the best version of you that exists on the planet. <laughs> you can't right. get you wrong. You and nobody can do you better than you. Right. And you can't do anyone else better than they can. So if you're willing to be genuine and authentically you, right? Then the way that you, and that's stepping into your life and connecting with you in a a certain way, then the way that you have disconnected from yourself with those walls and barriers. And I can tell you the every one of us has barriers with different bricks with our name on them. You know, I don't like people, you know, who drink, you know, coffee with no sugar or something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or I don't like people who, you know, do illegal things, or I don't like people who, you know, tell lies, or I don't like people, you know, everyone, or I don't like people who don't like animals, you know, or I don't like people, you know, everyone has their walls and barriers where they're excluding people. But the vulnerability, when you're willing to actually 
have no fixed point of view, willing to see things from different perspectives, then how much more genuinely you will you be? Because you won't be judging you either for things, you know? So vulnerability is not uh, this father pious, Padre Pio, right? A priest who said, vulnerable, yes, but doormat, no, you know? Humble, yes, but doormat, no. So it's not about, you know, making other people more right than you are. It's just about being willing to not make you wrong. And therefore, if you know you can't get you wrong, then you know that no one else can get themselves wrong. So that gives you a vulnerability to be willing to look at them from a different perspective and see where they're coming from. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And that's a really interesting way to look at things because it it does cause a shift in how you view yourself and how you view others. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I mean, the the book is like a little intro and it's easy. And of course, you know, um, thank you for getting it because, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So it's hard to believe, but we're about to wind down the first segment of our time together. As we look to the beginning of our second segment, were there any final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners and where can they find you? Absolutely. I mean, always, I like to share (laughs) quite a bit often and just remembering that, you know, communication always starts with you, right? So if you're willing to step into your life and connect with you, then stepping up and being seen, right? And being heard and recognizing that you are uniquely you, authentically you, as Christina says, and that if you're willing to recognize that about you, then you're like, hmm, well, if I'm uniquely me and I can't get me wrong, then other people might must be that way too. And when you approach people with that look, you don't even have to say anything. It's just the way you are actually looking for their magic because they're unique as well. That is such a gift to people and the way you will be engaging with people just with this little tip will change your life and the world. Yeah. Yeah. And people can find me obviously on CassThomas.com, K-A-S-S, Thomas.com. And uh, yeah, there's the seven steps, the number seven steps dot U-S, us. (laughs) Yeah. And my other book too. I've got, uh, yes. And, uh, but all of that you can find on castthomas.com and the art of being cast is being cast or the art of being cast is how I'm out there on social because we all have the art, different authentic art of being ourselves, don't we? Yes, we do. It has been such a privilege to chat with you so far and I can't wait until our second segment. And I really look forward to it. We're going to among other things, talk about your new book, Dancing with Riches. And I really look forward to it. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Pleasure, darling, as they say in in South Africa, pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) That's their accent. Pleasure, Christina, pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed part two of our conversation with Cass Thomas. 
and that you will join us for our next episode. I am your host, Christina Martini. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.